It's Tuesday, December 15th, 2020, and you're listening to America's new number one side dish to accompany your usual plate of conservative podcasts. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! Go stand by! All right, this episode is brought to you again by Stay Ready Gear USA. Um, holsters, EDC stuff, use the word steak at checkout to save 5%, stayreadygear.com. Also by Man Rubs, use the checkout, use the code at checkout, steak15 for 15% off anything in their store. Today is me, your host, Nick, with Roan, Dakota, and Raiden. All right, boys. Let's get it going. Let's do it. We got a big episode today. I think there's a lot of stuff to unpack. And we talked about this before we get to the cold open that since we started this podcast, it seems like everything, our material writes itself as far as stuff to talk about. And um, Rowan always does a good job of getting the facts and it's kind of the point of this show. So um, Sometimes we talk about things that kind of coincide with stuff we did last week, but every week there's new evidence, new stuff coming out that we talk about. So it's important if you're a regular listener to keep tuning in, especially week after week, because it's literally an update of the future of our country. So with that being said, um, take us away. Quite frankly, watching Donnie beat Nazis to death is close. We ever get to going to the movies. All right. It's become more and more of an evident fact over the course of the last year that the media has been lying to us from top to bottom. Um, in regards to everything from the leaked audio of CNN to crushing the Hunter Biden laptop story, uh, the president's had a tougher and tougher time of getting his narrative across to the American public due to the fact that everything that the administration accuses the other side of doing, uh, the media instantly crushes. However, the president's had a constitutional plan all, all along, and I'm paraphrasing here from Twitter, at Maximus Forever. Uh, the president's plan involves two steps and two fronts, first the courts and then the House. We've talked about it extensively on this show over and over again in regards to the Trump legal team and then the Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood-led uh, uh, voter fraud instances. The Trump campaign, the RNC, and various state GOP parties, third-party organizations have been filing county, state, and federal lawsuits all along. Uh, the primary objective has been to strategically get several ballots invalidated, which they're starting to do after new findings in Michigan. However, the secondary objective has been to publicly expose the corruption in these cities uh, to both the state reps and U.S. House Senate leaders, and this is a crucial uh, fact in the matter. While keeping the nearly 75 million Trump voters who supported the president engaged and working behind the scenes, there seems to be success in this as the two polls now show that over 60% of the American population now believe the U.S. election had some elements of fraud in it, and 49% now only believe that Joe Biden won honestly. These polls that have been conducted have a 37 to 32 Democrat to Republican bias. Keep in mind, while the mainstream media calls and projections of how a state or candidate uh, won the election or voted in is the popular vote, and strictly speaking, that means nothing. Win or lose in court, the next step for the GOP legislators and state legislators in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada uh, goes forward up through yesterday. 
Um, on December 14, 2020, certified electors from each state casted their ballots for the president and the VP. What many who are listening don't realize is that they vote in their home states and their vote is sealed and not counted until January 6th. This is the crucial breaking point for the person that wins the election. Now consider that the state legislators have the constitutional authority under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 3 of the U.S. Code to appoint their own state electors loyal to President Trump. They deem their state's popular vote is corrupted. In other words, the state GOP legislation Legislator of Georgia, for example, can conclude that the popular vote has been corrupted and appoint a competing slate of electors loyal to President Trump. For example, 20 Biden electors and 20 Pennsylvania electors, just like we saw yesterday. This is what happens in a republic and not a democracy. The precedent for this happened last time in 1876 when South Carolina, Louisiana, Florida, and one electoral vote from Oregon each sent competing Democrat and Republican electoral votes sealed to the archivists in D.C. On January 6th, the 12th Amendment to the Constitution specifies that the President of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and House of Representatives, open all certificates and all the votes that then shall be counted. This means that in the case of disputes about competing electoral slates, the President of the Senate, who just happens to be Vice President Mike Pence, would appear to have the ultimate authority to decide which to and accept which to reject. This is supported by 3 U.S.C. Code 15, hence Trump wins. This is a de facto check on the Electoral College, which few realize it is only because it happened last time in 1876. And those are the things that happen in a republic and not a democracy. If at any point nobody gets to 270 electoral votes, the 12th Amendment stipulates, and I'm quoting now, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president. But in choosing the president, the vote shall be taken by the states and not the representative delegation from each state having one vote each. Currently, the Republicans have a state delegation majority with 27 and likely 30 by the time new Congress is announced out of 50. This means Trump wins. President Trump has clearly discussed and been briefed on this strategy to contest the election via the constitutional means, first through the courts and then through the House, saying at a September 26th rally in, where else, Pennsylvania, and I'm quoting now from President Trump, and I don't want to end up in the Supreme Court, and I don't want to go back to Congress either, even though we have an advantage if we go back to Congress. Does everybody understand that? I think it's 26 to 22 or something like that because it's counted one vote per state, so we actually have an advantage. Oh, they're going to be thrilled to hear that, end quote. No clear indication exists that this was his plan all along. Moreover, Political has recently reported, in private, Trump has discussed the possibility of the presidential race being thrown into the House as well raising the issue with GOP lawmakers according to the Republican sources such as Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Mr. McCarthy, etc. This would explain Senator McConnell's resolute backing of the president. It is clear that McConnell, who is shrewd and believes in raw power, knows POTUS is on the solid constitutional ground. With our help, he will hold the GOP caucus in line. In a contested 2020 election, like the election of 1876, the Republican Senate and the Democratic House would disagree on which electors to accept. This is called disputation. Under the Constitution, there exists no mechanism to resolve a dispute in which the two houses of Congress cannot agree upon a certified set of electors, and there is no constitutional role for the courts, including the Supreme Court. This is another crucial point. Hence, Trump's 20, September 26 references to the first, the courts, and then the House. The House and Senate GOP, McCarthy and McConnell, shall argue under the language of the 12th Amendment, amendment that the President of the Senate, who is Vice President Mike Pence, has the sole discretion to break the deadlock between the Senate and the House to either accept or dismiss the disputed electors.
Republicans will point to the historical pedigree of the vice president's position, observing that the GOP made the same argument during the election of 1876. Given the language of the 12th Amendment, whatever the amb ambiguity and potential policy objections are, there is no other possible single authority to identify for this purpose besides the president of the Senate to act as the arbiter of any disputes and break the deadlocks. In fact, Mike Pence's powers, he could either accept the competing slates of electors submitted or dismiss them as disputed and not have them counted. A, re a reduced total still delivers Trump a victory because it deprives Biden of the 270 electoral votes needed to win the president. And this is another crucial point that the mainstream media is not uh, reporting to you. If the 270 isn't reached under the 12th Amendment, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately in this scenario re-electing President Trump to a second term because, as stated above, the GOP controls the House delegation majority. So what we need to do is keep calling, emailing, organizing, marching, and forcing the GOP at the state and federal levels to appoint Republican slate of electors for President Trump and support him 1,000%. We saw this happen yesterday uh, when six states went and had dueling electors and moving forward we're going to see what happens in the future <clears throat> it's crazy it is i mean uh you'd be called fucking crazy for saying things like that even though you were looking at fact-based evidence with what happened in 1876 yeah. lincoln's second election jefferson's election and now 2020 uh, a month ago and you know this is something that like what happened with Russia and Ukraine and, you know, um, spying on the Trump campaign, um, all of the people that were domestically spied on, and now leading up to Joe Biden's monetary ties and Hunter Biden laptop. The mainstream media picks the narrative that's going to inflict the most damage on Donald Trump, and anything otherwise, even if it's fact-based evident, is completely suppressed. When, and it's not like this has happened overnight with media suppression and all that. It seems it's come to the light almost day one he was elected. Um, and even Google, who's, I mean, you guys all have Google as your factory or your, what is it, default internet browser on your phone? Absolutely Name fucking search. not globalist. Whoa. What do you have, DuckDuckGo? <laughs> Something along that nature. Um, well, it's interesting because... You know, if you if you switch, because you can go into Apple settings and switch your internet browser. If you switch it to DuckDuckGo, which is supposed to be unbiased um, internet platform or whatever. American platform. Well, completely private, too, when, when your stuff's tracked. So, yeah, if you Google, or <laughs> I guess if you DuckDuckGo, like something, like if you type in evidence of Biden election fraud, and you do that in Google and then DuckDuckGo, there's going to be, like, black and white, completely different stuff that pops up. And I was just doing it right now when you were doing your cold open. And it's just so funny how polarizing everybody uses Google. And what better way? I mean, you, if you can control the stuff that is populated when you search stuff on the Internet, I mean, that's a huge thing. That's why, you know, majority of the left doesn't think that there's real voter fraud because they Google voter fraud. And the first thing that pops up is like a Washington Post article saying there's no voter fraud. There's no collusion or, you know, or there was collusion, this or that, whatever the case may be. It's just funny because, and you know, nobody searches past page two on Google. Right. So not there's no one. one. I don't go past page one. <laughs> there's no one if searching. I'm using Google, I'm not going past page. You know, one. you're not diving deep into the Google results of what you type, and it, and the first page is people. You can pay to be on the first page when something's Googled. Like you can pay for steak for breakfast podcast to pop up number one. Mm -hmm. 
It's crazy. Are we looking into that? That's way oh. too expensive. I think we owe it to our dozens of fans and listeners. Way too so. expensive to show up on Google. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it would be anti-conservative. That's and true. we'd probably get shut down. <laughs> yeah, we would immediately get fact-checked and shut down. The black hats, the black helicopters would be... It would It would be a different above. podcast that shows up for you, steak you, for you, breakfast. You know what's pretty funny that's going on, on social media now? Because, you know, I'm a big social media buff. I do consider myself some a junior shit poster compared to some of the absolute shit lords shit that have been out poster. there. Right now, pe- people are, are testing the fact check uh, filters on the internet right now. And what I've seen over the course of the last few days is pictures that have absolutely nothing to do with the election, Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And they'll just write any of the words, tiny. They'll take like a little Trump and they'll put it in the top right corner or a little Biden and put it Whoa. in the bottom. Or just put like the word election. And it doesn't matter if it's like a picture of kittens. It gets fact-checked that Joe Biden has been projected as the 2020. No yeah, way. It's pretty fucking amazing how bad. Well, you got to remember, it's it's all image recognition, which is who leads it? Google. Right. Because they have a program called, I think it's Deep, Deep Intelligence. Hopefully it's not Solar Winds. Actually, it is. We'll get into that later. I, so I'm sorry. Google doesn't own it. Alphabet owns it because Google is now just a term. Because it got so popular. True. So the company that owns it is Alphabet. Didn't know And they that. do everything for image recognition. So you can do reverse image searches on Google. So who do you think contracted out to get this program? And what program are they using to find all these little Trumps and little Bidens or election? Bastards. The deep image recognition software. Or like the deep state software. Gosh. You know, it's funny that literally getting facts straight is as simple as switching your web browser, web browser, and half of America can't do that. I'm telling you, I'm saying right now limited to some of the really conservative websites, and I have to use a bias on them, too, because they're reporting, like, the crumbs of the news. They're not really giving you the yeah. story. They're, they're basically giving you a title so you can read a vague article and then go do the research for yourself. Um, not even really on Parler. Which, which I felt is, uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit better. It just, it's not there yet. They're, they're doing a lot to try and make it better, but there's just not a lot of traffic. And I say that because when you get to the nighttime on the West Coast in the United States, Parler goes dead. Yeah. So it's like, I, I think a majority of their user base comes from the continental United States. They don't have the international traffic like they do all over, you know, Twitter and things of that nature because... Sure. I would say between the hours of like 11 p.m. and maybe 3 a.m. on the West Coast, I'll probably get like a half dozen notifications. But during the day, you know, I get close to a thousand. And, and, you know, yeah, the news is breaking usually when everybody's sleeping because. uh, Well, especially on the West Coast, too. Yeah. Because we're the furthest behind besides for Hawaii. Right. So I I think besides getting like the. Debate to go and search for what you're really looking for comes from, you know, some a few conservative websites and then pretty much Twitter. You got to find some people who are trusted and verified. I'm not talking about famous people. I'm talking about people that really get the news right. And, and then you just have to go out there and do the research for yourself because you will hear Joe Rogan. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too early in the show to start dropping those CBD oil commercials. <laughs> It's just, 
it's crazy that people believe so much of what they read and not even read. I think that's a general, that's a very loose term for our generation because our generation doesn't read a lot. So it's whatever clickbait article they see and they share it without reading. Well, it's, it's our generation or my generation is definitely headline. Yeah. Headline influenced. You see a headline to an article and you take it as facts. You don't go anywhere else for the article. You don't read the article. No. Who has time for that in my generation? They're when too busy making trying TikTok to, videos. Trying to get famous on TikTok, Instagram. Nobody even uses Facebook anymore, but Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Special guest, Raiden. Yeah. Dead. Welcome. Um No, you're right though. Thank you. People well, and they'll, you see it on Facebook, people will share articles and then you click it and there's no, it's, it's like a paragraph long. Yeah, it's literally nothing. And you're like, that's, did you read the article? I read the headline. Right. Well, who's, shared it. who's the yeah. most targeted by like, oh, I'm a, I'm a prince in this foreign country. If you send me $1,000, oh, I can send princes? you. Nigerian princes. Who's the most at target for those? Old your, people. Your crazy aunt. Who's sharing all those crazy Facebook articles on the left-hand side? Um, yeah, speaking of like sharing, this is off topic, but my grandma one time, someone was posting a meme and it was a troll meme and it was a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi okay. um, in his cloak. And it said, I bet you won't share this picture of Jesus because right. you're ashamed. And my grandma shared it and I was like, dude. <laughs> I've seen some funny memes where people have switched out like, I've seen them. Pictures of Jesus <laughs> with Obi-Wan <laughs> So, can't wait for that series. You guys ready to get into the news? The Michigan thing? The whole yesterday thing. 65%. We'll, we'll, get into, we'll get into Dominion voting systems, but I think the biggest thing that the mainstream media is celebrating is that the Electoral Colleges convened at the state level yesterday. Fake news. Yeah, right, and, and have projected... You are fake news. Joseph Biden to be the next president of the United States, according to CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC. They should Who put asterisks around Twitter, Kamala Harris's name. Instagram and Facebook. Who of all which, by the way, refused to post anything or report anything on the sexual abuse allegations. And there are a lot of them. I wouldn't be surprised if Harris comes out and she like sexually harassed people. Or is a lesbian. Have you looked at her? Holy shit. How dare you? She's married with children. She's got a big ass and throat. She, she, it's literally documented in in U.S. lore that she slept her way to the top. Was there some scissoring going on during that? Who am I to speculate? We need that scene from South Park. Uh, yeah, you know what? Mr. We need Garrison. To, we got to cut that <laughs> one of our Garrison. <laughs> it's just crazy. There, there needs to be an asterisk around Biden's name because let's... If you could put an asterisk next to Tom Brady's name... You can put one next to Joe Biden and Camila Harris's name. Let, let's. I like the fact that you call her Camila Harris every week. Chameleon. Yeah. What? Let's just say. Chameleon okay. Worst Harris. case scenario, they pull this off, right? Not happening. Let's just play. Did for you a not second. listen to the fucking cold open? Or I'm just saying. You'll see my point here. If this does happen, which we all are in agreement, maybe not Raiden because he's a realist, but we're hoping that this comes to fruition and they go to jail, right? You know, if it's that not, it's doesn't not. happen, we need to put a pool on how fast Joe Biden has an accident. He already had one. I'm talking about like a permanent accident. So here's the deal. He, There's no way that he lasts till He broke his ankle, right? Summer. Was it his ankle or his foot? Something like that. I had a buddy, actually my grandpa, 
He fell, broke his foot. He was probably maybe Joe Biden's age. Well, your grandpa's nine hundred years old. <laughs> he got gangrene on his foot and a reptilian. And they clone. fucking cut his foot off. <laughs> and then, like oh, after a month and a half of having his foot removed, he just like slowly deteriorated he and then died. One. Oh. I'd be pretty fucking sad too if I got my foot cut off. What about you guys? Yeah, I'd probably that's, that's if what's I was that old, Joe Biden, I, I and know, I wasn't going to be president, I'd probably just let off the gas and see where the car goes. See, I got confused because <laughs> I've actually had my grandpa and a friend who both got like a foot infection after breaking it. And getting their whole fucking leg chopped off. Sounds like you're fucking next. What are your friends live in TJ or something? Well, that one happened in France, and he got an infection wow. in the French hospital. Socialized healthcare. And then my grandpa, mm-hmm. he just got it because like of the cast, and he was already handicapped. He's probably taking baths with it and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Soaking it in water. All right, That's what's gonna happen to Joe Biden, man? He's gonna die. Dude, he, there was video of him hairs. like the day after He's walking around. <laughs> He walked up a curb and put all of his weight. Yeah, he on went that to church like foot. two days after he broke it, and he was wearing sneakers already. Yeezys. It's probably Scientology Church. Uh, it's Church of Scientology. Whatever. We don't need them coming after us yet. So yesterday at the state level, the electoral colleges convened, and it was a shit show across the United States. Um, in several of the state legislative houses, Republican GOP lawmakers walked out contesting the popular votes with allegations of voter irregularities and voter fraud and decided on split session vote delegations for both parties in six states. Those being Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Nevada's come to the table of big boys. Um, What does it mean? Right now, unofficially, Joe Biden has passed the 270 electoral vote threshold. However, due to the fact that six states are contesting it and have signed not sealed yet, but are delivering electoral votes to the joint session of House and Congress on January 6th. Um, those votes from those six states could bring the over 270 mark either way. Uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania were the first two states. Uh, no, actually, Georgia and Pennsylvania were the first two states yesterday. Uh, Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, he's been leading the charge there. And everyone in Georgia besides the governor the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Elections there, who are absolute pieces of human garbage, said, you want to know what? This is fucking ridiculous. We can't get anything done in regards to forensic audits. Uh, You're tying up the Dominion voting machines, and we're just going to say, fuck you guys. We're going to take the electoral votes from Georgia, and we're going to vote both ways. So Both ways. Yeah. We definitely need that Mr. Garrison audio for next week. Doesn't, like... A couple of states do it both ways already. They're like based on the county that elects it, they get like one vote. Oregon, and then there's it, one other state like for, where they, yeah, Vermont maybe or Maine. Nebraska, they have like it's purple. Yeah, so, they do purple. Right. I remember that from election night. That was the first time I had ever seen it. So, yeah, Nevada just said there's too many voter inconsistencies in regards to uh, fair weather voters. Those are voters that don't live in the state but have property there and vote illegally in, in elections. In addition to underage felons and illegals voting and a lot of felons apparently got ballots they've confirmed there's at least 1200 dead people that voted in nevada well there's a guy he was part of the colombo crime family and he made it out he became a christian he's like a motivational speaker now and he posted a video the other day on his youtube channel and he's like yeah i voted for the ability for felons to be able to vote and they're like how'd you do that and he's like i applied to vote 
or I registered to vote and they sent him a ballot. He has like 20 felony convictions on his record <laughs> well, and he voted for Trump. He's a huge Republican, but he's like, if you're going to send me a ballot and he lives in LA now, he's like, I, I, I watched vote. a video yesterday and there's a guy who knows he could be charged federally. And he, he lives in one of those six States. He's an undercover reporter for one of the local news agencies. He did a video documentary of himself registering to vote. And on election day, he went to eight different polling places and voted eight times. But I thought when I Googled, if there was election fraud, it said no. Well, if, if, if you Googled that, you'd have, uh, <laughs> whatchamacallit, your fucking Facebook ban for 30 days, you liar. <laughs> Facebook jail. Because that's not true. I, I, I don't know if I mentioned it last week on the show, but I heard it this week. Uh, we promote anybody who's promoting the same narrative, uh, even though we listen to both sides of the coins. I had mentioned it to the guys offline before the show started. Steven Crowder this week is going to do a show in Nevada. He's renting an RV. He says he's going to do it as long as time will permit, at least six hours straight. And he's going to be taking the voter roll from Nevada, and he's going to be driving to places uh, where people register to vote and addresses don't exist. And so, allegedly some of them are just like parking lots. Yeah, they're parking right? lots, they're post office buildings, they're uh, delivery depots, and things along that nature. <clears throat> What's the over-under of his motorhome blowing up before he gets there? You know what? Zero. They, they, yeah, they... <laughs> so someone's coming after that dude. They fuck with him, but, I mean, he's fighting the good fight. I don't think he's got as big as an audience as, number one, he likes to believe he has. Us. Right, and as close to the mainstream poll, definitely not us. <laughs> so, <laughs> our... our our followers are loyal. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think it's good that, that stuff like that has happened. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw what happened in Michigan yesterday. When the GOP showed up to vote in the electoral colleges, that piece of shit Gretchen Whitmer had already secured the state legislator and locked the GOP out. So they basically made their announcement that they would be splitting or both doing electoral votes from a parking lot. And she had... Uh, state troopers man all the doors of the state capitol and would not let the GOP legislation in to cast their votes or even participate in, um, you know, the, the electoral uh, vote distribution process yesterday there. It was pretty shitty to see, and it, it, it was even shittier to watch law enforcement go and, and, you know, basically not uphold their oath by agreeing with this lady who, I don't know if you guys had saw, it's definitely not being um, reported in the mainstream media. The state Senate of Michigan voted four to two this week to impeach Gretchen Whitmer. Okay. And it will now go to the next proceeding, which is uh, production of charges in regards to the articles of impeachment. But it looks like she's going to be eventually out. She's on the Gavin Newsom path, who in California, I was a big naysayer of Gavin Newsom being recalled, even though I fucking hate his guts. Um, I just didn't think it was going to pick up enough steam, but we're already over the two hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think everybody mark signed out of, that. Out of the three hundred thousand required to recall him, and they extended the date, I think, all the way till March. They they extended it because of the coronavirus yeah. shutdowns that he God. that Gavin Newsom enforced because <laughs> but they weren't able to. to go out and collect votes. Right, oh but doesn't that to now? Now listen, whatever part of the world you're listening in. Regardless of how shitty you have it in, let's just lay it out for you in California when we've done it. Gavin Newsom has done absolutely nothing to adhere to any of the shit that he's locked down any of his constituents to. 
in regards to coronavirus. Number one, that motherfucker never wears a mask unless the TV is live. That's number one. He owns a huge fucking winery restaurant in Napa Valley, and that place has not closed ever since the beginning of the We should call him live on the show and place a reservation for like 100 people. Right. <laughs> he and also he can not wear masks. <laughs> he also has sent his kids to private schools, which have never closed, while everybody else's kids, and I've said this on the air several times, like, for instance, my children, they're getting dumber and dumber by the day. My daughter literally just texted me that she has a friend request, minus the D, friend, like the Pepe memes friend. My friend wants to connect with me on Messenger. It's like I see them getting stupider. I'm waiting for just the day where they can't even function anymore because my... This stuff that's going on with coronavirus and kids in schools, it's out of fucking control. Like We're losing we, an entire generation over We it. could admit before that, like, we, 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 there were commercials out about how to limit kids, like, engagement on electronics. Mm-hmm. And now, with them not being able to go to school, what the fuck are they doing? Right. They're hooked up to a computer with a webcam to a teacher who doesn't give a fuck anymore because they're not going to school. Nope. Hey, yeah, just have your parents. I know they're there because you're there. Yeah. Help you out with this math problem on Common Core because God knows they learned Common Core, but they fucking didn't and have no idea how to do addition like the fucking Chinese do. Yeah, I was supposed to pick up my kids extra work for December and, uh, well, the middle of December through Christmas break last week, and I still haven't picked it up yet because it doesn't fit into my time schedule. I'm going to go today. Mail it. Fuck that shit. But the teachers emailed me like three times, and I'm like, what work are you giving him that he literally needs? Isn't it Christmas break? Well, also, what does she not trust the mail system? It's going to get lost in the mail. Well, I don't even like going over there because, like I told you guys last week on the show, I saw that my taxes pay for my kids to go to school. My kids are not in school this year. And when I went to pick up my kids' work for November, my kids' entire school was rented out to the YMCA so other kids (laughs) can rent my school for my school to make money off of while I'm paying taxes for my kids to not go to school, and all the kids that are going there during the day are virtually learning in my kids' classroom while my kids virtually learning at home. It makes no fucking sense. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy thing. Conspiracy. The YMCA is going to take over all the schools. My son's four, and he does speech. He was doing it at the school, but we got to do it remotely, so he does it once a week. And I don't know if these other kids do it on iPads or not. Like touch screen, you can because she'll like do games and then she'll be like circle the red car, and he's like, I don't know how to work a computer. He's four, and she didn't know that he was on a computer. And I told her I popped in. I was like, he's on a MacBook. He he's never played with a computer before, and she was like, actually, that's good. Like I don't mind. I just didn't know that you know most kids have iPads. And I was like, well, he doesn't, and she was like, kind of thankful. She's like it's good that he doesn't know how to use a computer. Like he doesn't need that. In his life, he's four. Yeah, he you needs know. it eventually, but right now, like yeah. And he was getting frustrated because he didn't know how to click and do all that. And I was like, dude, don't worry about it. Like, but yeah, God forbid he starts playing World of Warcraft at six. Oh God, make it stop. I'll turn the Wi-Fi off. Like, there you go. <laughs> you so, would refuse. So, so yeah. Georgia and Pennsylvania led the charge. Michigan was next to follow. Arizona, who we know, their state legislation has been getting more and more fired up about them doing absolutely nothing. Um, in regards to looking into some of the inconsistencies with that um, election on November 3rd. It was actually announced this morning, and we're going to get into all the legal stuff going on, but it pretty much including 
Uh, Arizona's really been fighting hard for uh, forensic audit of the Dominion voting machines. So anyways, a state judiciary chair announced this morning that they are going to do a 100% seizure and forensic um, audit. audit of the Dominion voting machine systems in Arizona. How long is that going to take? Who knows? Do we have a time frame on like... It depends on how many machines they use because I was reading it up on the one in Michigan and they use like six different softwares. Yeah, but they, they only audit. did a fr- forensic audit of 22 machines. And we're going to get into that later. And we have actually some good audio from... Uh, 65% voter fraud. Yeah, actually it's 68. Oh, it's at 68. So, yeah. I'm fake news. Wisconsin was next to jump on board. And their Republican state uh, legislator um, with giving electoral votes to both Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And then, weirdly, uh, in addition to Nevada, New Mexico... I guess they're tired of coronavirus everything and, you know, all the shit that's going on there. It's like um, the one state you forget exists. Right. Uh, unless you watch Breaking Bad. Do they have any sports or anything in New I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure out of all the states that we knew were going to split their electors, when they probably had to actually go do some honest journalism and confirming <laughs> that. You mean new New Mexico or like regular New Mexico? So, and then I got a tweet right here from Bernard Carrick. He was the uh, chief of police for Rudy Giuliani in New York City back in the day and is now working uh, with the Trump legal team. And he says, historic and unparalleled, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, and now New Mexico all had GOP electors that cast vote for Donald Trump. That preserves the president's right to remedy fraud with his own electors when they meet for the joint session of the House and Senate. And that was yesterday afternoon. So, um, yeah, it's going to be kind of a shit show. Uh, I, I think right now what, what the, the Republicans need to do, uh, we talked about it last week both in the cold open and then discussed it afterwards, is that you know, some of the most prominent Republicans in the party have been absent while a lot of the junior ones are uh, doing all the legwork. And I think it's time now between like the 15th of December going through and leading up to the beginning of January when they're going to have that joint session of, of the House and Congress to vote on these things to really unify the base and look at the... Uh, legal avenues per the Constitution that this can get Trump over the finish line. I know we have some pessimistic members of this panel who have said this is a predetermined um, disposition that has been etched in stone, but I'm going to go back to the fact that over the course of the last four years, every time that anyone has said they have Donald Trump to rights, he's going to be impeached. His taxes are going to be everywhere. He's going to jail, this, that, or the other thing. He's losing, not winning. He has come out, I'm not going to say unscathed because they've run him and his whole family through the fucking mud, but um, winning the next day. And, and the things that they accuse him of or say that he's not going to do wind up happening, and he winds up you know, moving forward and, and, and doing his thing afterwards. So we're going to have to see. This is definitely uncharted territory in the modern era. Uh, we mentioned 1896 was the last time it happened. But uh, what better time than now? So, I mean, we're either getting Donald Trump for four more years or declassification of everything. Those are the only two routes right now. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely going to happen because if it gets to a point to where, like, if, if we get to January 6th and things don't go Donald Trump's way and they haven't been able to um, literally... Um, prove that the Dominion voting thing was widespread and maybe internationally. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit later more as well. I, I think that uh, you're going to see some big-time pardons. We've already talked about, what, 
Snowden and Assange, mm-hmm. in addition to a several others, and then declassification of everything. It's going to be a I don't give a fuck free for all leading into his it's exit. The biggest mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we won't even say the date four years from now. We're not talking about that yet on the show because we still have a lot of room between now and January 6th to get this whole thing fucking straightened out. So what do you guys think what about do, that? What do you think he would declassify? Anything, anything good? Alien technology, JFK assassination. I mean, all the book of secret stuff. The, the QAnon shit and stuff like that online says like it all ends with full alien disclosure. You did have that prominent Israeli-American oh, uh, yeah, space recently, engineer. Huh? He he died recently and on his deathbed said that Donald Trump and this administration was made fully aware of how much alien technology we've been in uh, possession of, the yeah. contact we've made. But he went on to allude that this administration felt that the year was so fucked up and that the people just aren't ready for full disclosure yet. I, I don't know if I'm ready to believe that yet. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. It, sometimes it's hard for me to think that we're the only thing in this universe. I think that this would have been the perfect year because imagine, you know, it's like you're in a fight and you're just getting your ass kicked and you're getting punched in the stomach and the face over and over again. It's like one more kick to the butt or like to the chin. It's not going to make a difference. And it's like aliens, bitches. Well, you might it? as well just like throw in an, yeah, no. by the way, I know this year sucked. Also, we might get invaded by aliens. Wasn't it 2020 where they... Air Force or the Pentagon released footage yeah. of the, the Navy actual pilot. UFO. Yeah. Right. And like, people yeah. are still like, nah. This is a real unidentified flying object. They're we probably really like testing the, the water. They're like, was. let's give these crazy people a little evidence and see how they react. And people are like, nah. When did that Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> nah. come out with uh, the guy that said he worked in Area 51? Oh, that was last year, Bob Lazar. So yeah, there you go. They're testing the water with this guy, Bob Lazar telling us about aliens and then this year they show us a real ufo next and year we'll find a people body didn't even alien. freak out they're like yeah because like, they're so fucking selfish and worried about themselves they're not i think see. everyone just got like numb to crazy news yeah yeah we're sitting at you home. start telling me about aliens but then i go out and someone's like put your fucking mask on yeah. like, forget all about aliens like, we're in an intergalactic war here and you're worried about me sneezing on you on my way here to the podcast today there was a guy in the car by himself with a mask on See, uh, you need to write on a piece of paper, kill yourself. And then when you pull up to people like that, you could just like hold it up and just be like, <laughs> who is he protecting himself from? The recycled air filter of his own coronavirus? Uh, maybe he has bad gas and he's like, I've been wearing this mask for years because I just fart and hotbox my car. Oh, God. Now all of a sudden everyone thinks I'm a Biden supporter. Nice. Like when I go out in public and I'm not in like a, a store, okay. I'm not wearing my fucking mask. No. The only time I put it on is when I enter the area that says master required yep. to enter from here. Okay, yeah, I understand. I'll put this piece of cloth that definitely just, doesn't filter the alleged yeah. coronavirus. I just love that there's no standard for what type of mask. You could have a paper towel and yeah, just I mean, hold it up to your face. People wear bandanas and neck gaiters. Those things are worse than the surgical masks that do nothing. So. I have a neck gaiter and I can literally probably suck a straw through that thing. If I suck hard enough. I'm kind of straw. That's what she said. Mm. Big old boba straw. And we're there. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Now I'm curious as to whether I could do that or not. Let's do it live. <laughs> yeah, wait till, wait till, <laughs> we'll do it live. Wait, wait till we're YouTube compatible. So we'll see yeah. if we can't get de, uh, demonetized in our first episode with you trying to suck stuff through your neck gator. <laughs> that, would actually, that, that would actually be a hilarious like segment if you lined up all the masks that you could buy. 
uh-huh. and you're just like sneezing through it or like blowing through it, seeing what can. Trying <laughs> to give head to the straw through each mask. Yeah. Wow. This mask is completely ineffective. Wow. Poke through a straw really fast. So uh, while all this stuff was going on with the Electoral College yesterday, uh, the Trump legal team has been tirelessly working to carry on a lot of the things that they're going to, um, you know, present to the courts in all of these swing states. I hope they get their shit together and <laughs> get some stuff out to New Mexico because I'm, I'm pretty sure even when they announced yesterday that they would be sending two delegations to the Electoral College, they're like, are you sure? Yeah. We're pretty much, I'm pretty sure we lost that state. Yeah. And so... It's just so random. Yeah, but I like it. Um, Jenna Ellis was going around over the weekend as she recovers from COVID and talking about some of the things that they're working on right now. And we got a clip of that and call it three. Jenna Ellis. Uh, Jenna, great to see you again. Great to see you too, David. Thank you. Well, tell me, uh, first, let's get your reaction to that Wisconsin Supreme Court decision that came down today. Yeah, well, you know, it's been really frustrating for our legal team uh, to have so many of the courts say initially, well, if you brought this challenge um, earlier, then it wouldn't have been ripe because you wouldn't have actually incurred the harm. And then if we bring it after to say, well, it's too late and you don't have standing. I mean, so really, uh, especially with the Texas case that was uh, kicked from the Supreme Court, uh, we're really left in the position of saying, well, judiciary, well, Supreme Court, is there ever a time then that anyone can challenge election integrity results? And of course, the answer to that should be yes. Every American should be very concerned that we're not disenfranchised through fraud, through cheating, and through complete disregard of the laws of these six states. And that's what happened. But I think the encouraging thing here, David, is that so many Americans are seeing through the challenges that we've brought, through all of the uh, testimony and evidence that the mayor and I presented in front of state legislatures over the last two weeks, Uh, that this is really uh, a significant issue for our country. We have to address this. Election integrity matters. And we've also seen that even Pennsylvania in the Texas case in their amicus brief, uh, the House and the Senate in Pennsylvania acknowledged to the Supreme Court that in the administration of the 2020 election, their law wasn't followed. So I think that we still should uh, bring these challenges forward. We need to move forward. And Team Trump absolutely intends to keep pursuing truth and election integrity. Give us a sense of what's left at this point uh, legally. Uh, where, where are you on some of these other cases uh, that we should be watching between now and January 6th, Jenna? Yeah, so we still have challenges um, in multiple states that are working their way up through the legal system. We have a challenge out of Pennsylvania that is still pending in front of the Supreme Court. And we may see even uh, some new litigation as the president and also Mayor Giuliani have indicated. Uh, But I think that the most significant result uh, doesn't have to come from the judicial branch. It can come from the state legislatures themselves. And so today, when the delegates are voting, uh, we have the slates of electors that are for Trump in these six states that are are going and casting their votes as well. And they're saying, we are the slate uh, for the true winner. And so uh, because of that, and because you have two competing slates, uh, that's something that's happened before in America's history when there's still challenges that need to be resolved after December 14th. And so moving forward, the date of ultimate significance, as the Supreme Court recognized, is January 6th, when Congress actually meets, they count the votes, and they certify the Electoral so- College. So we can still challenge it up to that point. So when you say challenge it, uh, are you talking about not just from a legal perspective, but from a state legislature perspective? In other words, the state legislature can decertify 
uh, or, or help me out here a little bit. Can they send up still a separate state of state a slate of electors between now and January 6th? Absolutely. And that's exactly what uh, we're hoping that they will do is look at all of the election integrity issues and how the rules and the laws of their state were not followed. And so ultimately, the U.S. Constitution and the electors clause was not followed. And so they can at any time under Article 2, Section 1.2, they can reclaim their authority for the manner in which delegates are put forward from their state to the Electoral College. They can absolutely do that between now and January 6th. And so they can. So there you have it. I mean, Jen Ellis was basically previewing what happened yesterday with the uh, convening of the Electoral College at the state level. And I think that, um, you know, they were probably pleasantly surprised that all the states that they were shooting for um, coming to the table and sending dueling delegations to January 6th when the House and Senate meet jointly um, pretty much shows that, you know, the people in those states have kind of been fed up with the legal process. Uh, They've either been rejected or not heard or said, yeah, we understand that there's fraud, but prove it um, with exact instances or, you know, fraud's been happening in elections forever. Um, Why do you need to make it a big deal now? There was a lady in the Wisconsin Supreme Court yesterday uh, who was bringing up that fact that Donald Trump didn't bring up Uh, election fraud in 2016, even though they've basically been able to prove that it was present. And they said because of the way the election outcome came, not talking about Donald Trump winning, but at the method he won by at such a small margin in Wisconsin, it didn't necessarily affect on that scale um, anything to do with the widespread fraud and irregularities we saw this time in regards to, you know, the voter dumps, the turning off the machines for certain hours in the middle of the night. And a lot of those videos that we've seen over the past couple of weeks of, you know, people, stacks of ballots being found, stacks of ballots in pristine conditions, free for all mail and voting, uh, videos of people. We watched a video the other day out of Michigan, Raiden and I did, where there was a vote adjudicator and she was basically taking ballots that were already completed and ran through the machine and counted. And then she was taking a pen and overvoting, which means if it was Trump, Biden, Jorgensen, and somebody voted for Biden, she was then gonna fill in all three of them and other random ones across the ballot. She fed them through the machine an already scanned ballot, the machine read it, it counted votes for everybody or discounted votes for certain people, and then she sent it to adjudication, all fucked up like that, and the machine approved it and sent it on for counting. And she did this over the course of, you know, through several votes, uh, just to kind of show what was going on. So, you know, They've kind of been really running into some roadblocks, not in regards to what they're presenting to the courts, but what the courts are kicking back to them. And, uh, you know, by saying voter fraud is systematically and systemically present, um, in addition to 
you know, we understand that there's evidence, now you have to prove it. it it's just ridiculous. So it doesn't sound like they, no one wants to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, they were able to pick up one win in the Wisconsin Supreme Court over the last few days. Uh, they delivered two opinions regarding the 2020 election yesterday. The court ruled against President Trump in his attempt to invalidate approximately 220,000 votes for Joe Biden, but it came in a 4-3 decision. Uh, the court asserted that Trump's challenge was indefinitely confined, uh, that Trump's challenge to indefinitely confined voter ballots was meritless in this particular case. It also ruled that the remainder of the president's challenge failed under the latches. This simply means that the, the court told the Trump legal team that it was too late to, uh, you know, file because it's after the fact of the matter. Um, and that justice was Jill Karofsky, who wrote a concerning opinion stating that at the, at the hearing that happened Saturday, which she issued on Sunday, um, told the legal team that they wanted to throw, overthrow the election so that their king could stay in power. Which, I mean, yeah, where she, who do you think she voted for? So, and, and she went on some fucking kind of a rant. Um, <clears throat> in regards to the second case that they brought, though, the Trump legal team did receive a win regarding indefinitely confined voters in a case that is receiving much less publicity because they actually got the win for it um, in the mainstream media over the last few days. The court ruled uh, saying that the elections were wrong to assert, assert that voters claim of the status of indefinitely confined because of COVID-19. And that means it's basically they agreed that all of the voters shouldn't have been sent free-for-all ballots because everyone that gets unsolicited and then unverified mail-in ballots will be uh, way open to fraud. So uh, in the state of Wisconsin, the statutory law states that a person can only classify as indefinitely confined based on his or her age, his or her physical illness, not the illness of somebody else or a caretaker, or his or her infirmity. So the court did note that a determination must be made in every single case before throwing out the ballot. So here's the thing. <clears throat> the Trump legal team picks up a win at the Supreme Court in regards to free-for-all mail-in voting. Uh, at the same time, the judge says, we are going to rule in favor of you in this case, and now we would be more than happy to start overturning ballots if you could present every single instance of that happening. So, yeah, exactly. Jeez. They sent out over 220,000 ballots unsolicited for this um, thing uh, as indefinitely confirmed, inferred, Con, I'm sorry, indefinitely confined, and which was close to four times the amount that went out for the 2016 election. And this judge doesn't want to do anything in regards to even overlooking any of those ballots, combi uh, doing a forensic audit on them or comparing them to current voter rolls in regards to, uh, you know, overturning those things in a state that Trump uh, is currently trailing in by less than 20,000 votes. So, so again, let me, let me just go over those numbers again. The Trump team went for 220,000 ballots. 215,000 ballots went out to people who were identified as indefinitely confined, which was four times more than the amount that went out in the 2016 election. And all of those ballots were counted. And the Supreme Court Justice said, we will rule in favor of you and start overturning ballots as you could present them to the court. So, yeah, that's the shit we're running up against right now. And, you know, I feel like it's crazy uh, how much resistance there is when there's blatant fraud. And it's like, you need to find every single piece of fraud. Yeah. I mean, I'm no math expert. Can anybody rattle off to me real quick what's 
if you want to say if 215 ballots, 215,000 of these ballots went out this year, what's one fourth of that? I mean, one fourth of 215,000 ish. That's one fourth of 25. Come on, dude. Like seven? Sure. Yeah. So 70,000? 70, 75,000 ballots went out. Trump's trailing by a little 19 and change. So you're telling me out of 215,000 ballots, you couldn't find 75,000 of them that would absolutely be invalid due to the fact that you know there was not 215,000 people in Wisconsin that were so confined to their home due to an ailment, an injury, an illness, or anything of that nature that they all stayed home and used these unsolicited, unverifiable mail-in ballots to cast their vote. Or somebody didn't cast a vote for them and then went and voted in person. Well, wasn't there a ruling, too, um, that if you had coronavirus or claimed that you were quarantined because you might have coronavirus, it did not allow you to have that type of ballot either? Well, I mean, New York City was giving a... uh, what was it, a four-hour, basically a kitchen pass to people to go out and vote, even if they were COVID positive, because that's their constitutional right. And that's another thing that a lot of people, <laughs> well, they, well, they don't hear it from the mainstream media. Even though the largest amount of unsolicited mail-in ballots in the history of the public went out for this election, more people voted in person for this election than any other election in the history of the republic. So they used the narrative and they used the excuse of coronavirus bad, coronavirus kills, However, more people voted in person for this election than voted ever in the history of the United States. Supposedly. Right. Allegedly. Voted twice, you mean. So, (laughs) well, I mean, that's what's going on right now in regards to the legal cases. There was some other good news, and this is is a little bit better good news than than we've been hearing. In Michigan, where they had done a forensic uh, audit of some of the Dominion voting machines... Um, attorney Matthew DiPerno again we've said it on this show for weeks the Italians in this country are coming out for this president (laughs) in numbers unprecedented millions and millions of Italians are coming out Uh, but yeah Matt this morning during an emergency hearing for Michigan's 13th Circuit Court uh, granted permission to release findings from their forensic examination of 16 Dominion voting sh- machines from Antrim County, one of the counties being uh, under the microscope by the Trump legal team, uh, where thousands of votes were slipped from President, flipped from President Trump to Joe Biden on November 3rd, 2020. That was over 6,000. Earlier in the week, we reported a lawsuit filed by attorney DiPerno of DiPerno Law on behalf of Central Lake resident William Bailey. In addition to thousands of votes that were flipped from President Trump to Democrat candidate Joe Biden, Bailey was concerned that the ballots were rerun through the Dominion tabulator machine after a 262-262 tie on a vote for a ballot initiative would allow that allowed marijuana establishments to be located in the central village portion of the town. While the ballots were being inserted into the Dominion voting machines, three of them were destroyed and were not placed through the tabulator. At the conclusion of the recount, by t- by the tabulating machine, and with three fewer votes, the result was 262-261, and the initiative passed. Of course, this result could only be possible after three of the ballots were destroyed. Um, I mean, yeah, this whole Dominion voting thing, it's just showing, you know, two more unexplainable vote counts in Antrim County also left voters stunned by the unexplainable outcome of the vote 
result by Dominion Software. In Central Lake School Board election, 742 votes were added to the total after a recount on November 6th. Dominion votes total shows that 663 people voted in a district where there were only six eligible voters and only three of six of those actually voted. Somehow, Dominion added 660 additional votes to the final tally. Listen to that again. Dominion vote total showed that 663 people voted in a district where there were only six eligible voters. And only half of them. What? Only three. three of those six voters actually voted, but Dominion added 660 additional votes to the, to the tally. These are all being supported with the images from the, the court proceedings. And I'm quoting now, based on the allegation of fraud, statutory violations, and other misconduct, DePerno wrote, it is necessary to immediately permit the plaintiff to take a forensic image of the 22 precinct tabulators, thumb drives, related software, and the clerk's master tabulator, and conduct an investigation of those images, after which a manual recount of the election resulted in the independent audit of the November 3 election may be ordered to ensure the accuracy and integrity of the election. In his lawsuit, DePerno claimed that Based on the evidence that they have provided to the court by Dominion Voting Systems, they committed material fraud or error in this election so that the outcome of the election was affected. As of 5.30 p.m. on Friday, December 4th, the 13th Circuit judge granted permission for them to uh, forensically study the machines. He was able to quickly uh, assemble a team of highly trained forensic IT experts who agreed to arrive the next day and conduct the forensic examination. And after only eight hours... Um, they were able to conclude that the results of the forensic examination of the Dominion voting machines um, show that they committed large amounts of fraud and errors. Um, he called it a, mat a matter of national security. Again, DiPerno did uh, in his emergency motion to the judge and reminded the judge that time is of the essence as the next voter deadline was yesterday, Monday, December 14th, in regards to the presidential election. Uh, DiPerno, who's, who's was suing on behalf of someone at a local level is saying, if we're finding these inconsistencies with just 19 or 22 Dominion, Dominion voting machines, imagine the thousands that were used across the country in the election. And if errors were similar like this to things we've already seen on the internet in regards to those machines, then it, it could definitely sway the outcome of certain states in this election. Um, there's also a report coming out this week that we'll get into later. Um, and, DNI Secretary Ratcliffe and DH Secretary Wolf were notified of the findings. The findings were turned over to the uh, Trump legal team as well. And then um, the state bar ruling, which ruled in favor of uh, the DiPerno lawsuit and not in favor of Dominion, released a, uh, a, a bar ruling that basically says, like, you know, this is something that really needs to be investigated and... Uh, something that's going on that's that, that's pretty crazy in regards to that so um what do you guys think about that stuff in michigan we're seeing a lot of uh a lot of inconsistencies coming out with these dominion voting machines and uh now we're starting to prove it at at a at, a, at least a state legislative level uh you know the michigan supreme court well it's a huge problem because isn't today tuesday the 15th the georgia runoffs no the georgia runoffs are going to be january 5th uh, or do they start early voting ballots. started today? Yeah, yeah. early start voting started early today. voting. Another fucking sham. It's just it's crazy that <clears throat> we're here with this whole voting thing. But now every election in the future is going to get contested. If you think about it, because it, there's 
there's physical, legitimate evidence that this election was rigged. Now, let's say in four years, whatever happens, let's say in a Republican won, then the liberals are going to, there was voting, you know, it's just going to be a constant new thing. Every time there's an election, people that lose are just going to bitch about, you know, voter fraud. Uh-huh. Even if there's no evidence of it, like there is this time, it's just going to be a constant like, oh, they cheated. Well, well we've talked about it before. The Democrats have been voting, uh, bitching about vote, voter fraud for years. You know, they brought it up in the 2018 midterms. They bitched about it royally during the 2016 election. They, yeah. Oh, Russia probed this, Ukrainian probed that. Yeah, Turns exactly. out who paid for it. What was it? <laughs> the Democrats. $3,000 and 10,000 shitty memes of, of for Donald Trump that were like, Jesus wrestling Hitler and it was like <laughs> like for Trump and, and ignore for Satan yeah exactly those, those are the memes and the voter fraud that, that turned the 2016 election for Donald Trump I don't fucking think so but uh, who knows how many seats and um, you know governorships and state and local oh, that we've lost over the years and I was going to say we'd have to be ignorant to think this is the first time there's been mass scale voter fraud yeah so Matthew DiPerno, again, go Team Italian for, for Donald Trump, was, was actually on Newsmax last night. I, I caught the article, or I caught the interview, and I, and I was able to pull some of the audio for that for, just to give us a better little, you know, he probably explains a little bit better than I do. So here's him right now. Um, where are you right now? I just have this report that summarized about uh, how Dominion did everything wrong, potentially on purpose. According to this document that was assembled by the cybersecurity experts, they did not want to release publicly. It was. Where do you go from here? Well, we've, we've transferred that p- report to everyone we could think of today, all the state legislatures, the state senators, other people. I know the president now has it. And, and we hope they read it and understand how significant the, the findings are. Number one, I want to put up the full screen. The original presidential election results in Antrim County on November 3rd, 2020. Let's take a look at it, please. We have 7,769 votes for Biden. And then for Trump, 4,509 votes. Uh, but that was wrong. And here are the actual results. Trump up by a very significant margin over Joe Biden. Um, First, they said, I believe this was a human error. Then they said it was a mechanical error. Then they said it was a human error. Um, What happened? Well, what happened was the the machine is designed to uh, generate huge numbers of tabulator. uh, And then those ballots, those errors, go to adjudication where someone sitting somewhere, we don't know where, uh, can simply click on one button and bulk adjudicate thousands of ballots at once. So in this case, they were able to adjudicate, someone was, 12,000 ballots roughly uh, with one click of the button. Okay, and that's not good. Adjudication and the rate of ballots that were being adjudicated, i.e., it goes through the machine, something doesn't look right, a human being has to take it and do something with it. What was the rate of ballots that needed to be adjudicated? 68% of the ballots run through the machine were had to be adjudicated. And tell us just how crazy off the wall that number is or isn't. It seems kind of high. It's very high because the, the federal allowable rate is one in 125,000 ballots. That's the error rate. And this program is designed specifically 
to generate these types of errors, and that's how they move votes uh, from one candidate to another. They put them in these folders for mass adjudication, and they are shipped somewhere. In our case, specifically, as you see in the report, we can't tell that right now because on November 4th, all of those system files, adjudication files, uh, and internet files were deleted. Uh, so that's pretty significant also. I want to show you these lawmakers who showed up as they were, the Electoral College was doing its thing in the state capital, which is uh, in Michigan. I guess that's uh, Lansing, right? Lansing, Michigan. Uh, they were turned away. Let's listen. I understand. And their constitutional duty requires them to be at the Senate chamber today at 2 p.m. They're not, I understand they're not being committed in. If you have a problem, you can contact the governor's office, the speaker of the house. It, it is kind of interesting, a delegation of Congress, uh, members of Congress and uh, state lawmakers not being allowed into the state capitol. Uh, I'll ask you again. I mean, there is all sorts of smoke. I mean, this is looks this looks really, really bad. Yet we've got 98 percent of the mainstream media, all of the mainstream media running around saying it's over. And we've got president elect Biden went through the Constitution at the top of the show. We know there's more time. We know that it's not official until the president of the Senate makes counts all those votes. And that hasn't happened yet. What next? I'm still unclear. Well, look in the report. We specifically have in the report two paragraphs that deal with the 2018 executive order. Uh, regarding foreign interference. So this is not over. There's still options for the president, and we've hope, we hope that we've given him some something to go on here based on our investigation, because if this happened in Antrim County and with these machines, there's 48 other counties in Michigan that use the same machines, and there's hundreds of counties across the country that also use them. Uh, and foreign interference like this needs to be dealt with. And I think the president will take action. Matthew. And there you go. That's that's not four people doing a podcast, uh, you know, hypothesizing that this stuff has happened over the course of, you know, the last couple of election cycles. And, and more importantly, during the 2020 presidential election, this is now factual forensic evidence on a small scale in one place in Michigan that would suggest if it could happen there, just imagine out of six voters, you add 660 to the tabulation. And just imagine thousands of machines, hundreds of counties. There are people that speculate on the internet that the final numbers are Donald Trump won in a landslide and has 410 electoral votes. <laughs> oh so, my God. I'm one of those people. We're going to find out you know, Michigan's has pushed this on to the Trump legal team. They'll mm -hmm. be presenting it. They're building a case right now to take to the joint session of the House and Senate on in January. So what should our listeners pay attention to in the news cycle of next week? And who should we get our news from? You definitely shouldn't get it from any of the legacy media right now. Um, even, I mean, Newsmax and, and One America to a point, it's like, like we said at the top of the show, they're giving you the crumbs. And then it's your responsibility to go out and look for the information in places where you can verify it. And that means taking to social media and looking for the people who they don't necessarily have to have a check mark next to their name is verified. But they do need to be the people that you, you read what they say and then you see 
their accusations or claims sure. for the most part come to light and have a good track record I'm yeah. sure yeah and there's there's a lot of people out there I mean I wouldn't know anything in regards to this electoral college or um, you know the hard and soft dates that actually mean anything or what a contingent election is and all the things that we've talked about on this show over the course of the last month and a half uh, in regards to the 2020 election if I didn't go out and do my own research so you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you just have to get onto Twitter and, and, and places where you find people who are, are promoting, you know, uh, information that you're able to verify because it becomes factual and then follow those people because they're usually dialed in. There are people who, who, who are on social media who have contacts in the government, in certain legal aspects of the country, uh, maybe all the way up to the top office who, who, who get the information out to you know, the people that want to be informed. So, like I said, if we talked about anything over the course of the last, you know, hour and 15 minutes now on November 4th, you would have called us fucking crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. That's what I was saying earlier. It's crazy that we're in this place still. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that... It's just crazy as our reality right now is fighting for literally the sake of the country. And there, I mean, there's so much at stake. This isn't just, you know, the average Republican versus the average Democrat in a presidential race. This is like the most polar opposite of ways of life. You have an extreme left president, vice president, and then a, an extreme a businessman who sacrificed pretty much everything to run this country on a volunteer basis, pretty much. And you're talking about the right to bear arms. You're talking about abortion rights. You're talking about illegal immigrant rights and, you know, borders opening up and health care going to shit. shit so it's er, not shit. Er. It's not just, oh, we don't like Biden or we don't like Trump or there is a legitimate fight and it's not. So much who's going to be in office, even though Biden's a dipshit. It's the stuff that he's proposing to put in place and along with Harris, like it's going to drastically change the way of life. And I'm sure, you know, on every topic, all of us probably don't agree on certain, you know, tiny factions of law or, or ways of life. But I think for the main thing is like, you know, we're probably mostly for good border security. We definitely Second Amendment nuts in this room. And I think. It's not just a hobby. That's a way of protecting my family. And wow. when you threaten that, it's like, that's why the fight, I think, is so important. There's a lot more than, we would love to see Trump for four more years. He was a good president. It's like, yeah, we just don't, this is going to be a very scary four years if this doesn't get overturned. Because the stuff that these two are presenting that they want to put in place is going to dismantle freedom. Right. And, and I mean, if these things that they're accusing, you know, the Trump legal team and, and, and Sidney Powell and, and Lynn Wood. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. Are, are accusing of, then, then why, like Matthew DiPerno brought up, why are the data logs and adjudication logs from these machines that were forensically examined in Michigan, why are they missing? Yeah. Which shows... Who had access to these machines? Who had access to the vote tallies? Who adjudicated them and when? Why, why are they missing? Because they got to clean up their shit. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and 
at what point and through what access points did these uh, vote tabulations be manipulated? Those are those are questions that are not yet answered. Uh, it was good. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell was able to go with Lynn Wood and run with these findings and file a um, a motion to the Supreme Court after they were ruled on by a judge, and that came two days ago. Um, they claim that with a trench of new evidence from a forensic analysis report prepared under the protective order regarding voter machines, voting materials, voting data, using the Antrim County, Michigan Forensic Audit of Dominion software, uh, it reported that there were uh, voting issues in the state of Georgia as well that are directly connected to this. Um, and they reference some cases that have been thrown out due to lack of data. So that has been that has been filed to be docketed with the Supreme Court, and uh, it was filed on behalf of um, an attorney for the Trump uh, legal team, in addition to Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. And we're going to see where that goes. Um, she filed on behalf, like I, on behalf of, like I said, Georgia and Michigan immediately after these um, findings were ruled on by a Supreme Court judge in Michigan. So. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's that's a huge. I, I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's becoming more and more prevalent every day that us as Americans have been lied to on a large scale, huge by the media, by the intelligent agencies, by the courts, and by elected officials for who knows how long now. It's in this digital age where people can literally get into your shit electronically and see what's going on, that more and more of the truth is coming out, especially in regards to this election. But we're running up against the clock, and, and, and we're going to see what happens. I think this, this, was, a, this was a very good, um, you know, th this is a good help right now. I think there's light on the horizon, obviously. You, like we said last week and the week before, you have the best guys working on this. It's not like we have some dipshit team of, um, you know, I don't know, some backwoods legal team trying to quarterback this thing. Uh -huh. If you could draft a team to do this and to pull this out and, and you know, or pull it off, you, we have the guys in, in motion that are doing it. So I think it's just a matter of if it doesn't get suppressed on a huge platform. Um, but that's the problem. That's, that's where that's we've the been problem. this whole time, being it's suppressed. Fighting suppression. And that's the issue is we're, I was asking, I think last week I asked you guys, I said, what do you think? Like, obviously this was rigged, right? And anyone that would take five minutes, turn off TikTok and not Google something could find that. I mean, it's, it's just obvious. That's not what we're fighting. We're not looking for voter fraud. It's here. It's looking a way to present it to where it's going to get the light of day in court, and this is not going to happen. And then that I said last week, too, that we have to go deeper and find out who's quarterbacking this side for the left. Uh -huh. Because it's not just all these people randomly, you know, counting, recounting ballots and drawing on them and doing all that stupid stuff. It's this was a very calculated effort. Very coordinated. Very coordinated. It's a better word. A very coordinated and. We can't just stop, get over this overturned and right off in the sunset for four years. Like people gotta go to prison for this. You know, they gotta well, be made what, an example. Of I think it. that's what 
the idea behind the Dominion voter system was. One, it was to make like people feel secure, mm-hmm. to stray away from voter fraud. That's what it, its front is. Mm-hmm. Once the left to feel like, well, it, there's no hand ballots being like recorded by a person. It's being yeah. put into a machine. Right. So it's got to be secure. So there, we're being lied to. And then I fucking forgot my other point. I like it. Classic. So you, you want to know who didn't forget any points and who sat down for an interview this weekend? Everybody's favorite law expert. You guys know who I'm talking about? Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Pow, And we're going to listen to a couple of the things she had to say in regards to moving forward with some of the um, legal challenges that she's been running into and, and some of her thoughts on where we're going in regards to uh, what happened with the 2020 election and leading into our next piece on the uh, president's executive order, which was signed in in 2018 we'll explain for you guys a little bit more in a sec let's listen to Sydney Powell right now cannot have people sitting in our congress and house or in governorships to which they are not entitled because of the voting machine fraud so let's talk about uh the your court cases that are currently in play um you've actually filed emergency requests to the supreme court to decertify the 2020 election results to uh, prevent the electors from from casting their votes uh, in I think I think four states now is that yes. can, you, can you kind of break that down for me please yes we've filed suits for uh, the process in Georgia Wisconsin Michigan and Arizona because all those were fatally flawed by massive fraud in every manner and means you can think of, but especially insidious and troubling is the machine fraud conducted through the Dominion voting systems. In fact, one of our experts says Dominion fraud was 5% higher votes for Biden across the board everywhere there was a Dominion machine running. And the same was true for other uh, Democrats that were running on the tickets in those states. Earlier, the Supreme Court decided to not take on this Texas suit. And so tell me a bit, what's your reaction to that? Well, I have a mixed reaction to it. I had some concern over the standing of the states to raise the issues they were raising to begin with. But I thought because it was a suit that the court had original jurisdiction of, the court would and should take it at least to look at it and and address it more fully than they did. It has no effect on our cases because our plaintiffs are electors who have constitutional standing in in the electors and elections clause of the Constitution. So we will not have standing issues in the four cases that I brought. The court really must address the merits. Another case is also Lynn Wood's case out of Georgia, which uh, is still before the court. And another case out of Pennsylvania is also before the court. Uh, there might be a standing issue in one of those, but between the multiple cases that are there right now, someone has to have standing. Uh, So one or more of those cases is going to have to be addressed on their merits or we don't have a Supreme Court. By precinct even. I mean, 
it's just incredible, right, to, to hear. So, you know, there's all these people out there saying, especially among the corporate media and so forth, look, look, all these lawsuits keep getting thrown out. You know, clearly there's nothing there. How do you respond to people like that? Well, it's very concerning, Jan, because this is obviously not the first time this has happened. It's the first time it's happened on this scale, but I've been given a massive quantity of data from California in 2016 that shows it happened there, that Clinton did the same thing to Bernie Sanders there. And I have a witness who told me that they informed Bernie Sanders of all of it, and instead of outing it, he sold out. So the moneyed interests, the political interests, the global power elites have been doing this all around the world, wherever they wanted to, for at least 15 or 20 years. Our own government has been involved in some of it. It cuts across political lines. There are some Republicans, no doubt, who benefited from it, just as Democrats have. They're all playing the game. I feel more every day like the Matrix movie was real. It's that bad. It's that bad. I mean, we know that Chavez, well, we know that uh, Carolyn Maloney, for example, was complaining about it, I think it was 2006, wrote a letter to the Secretary of the Treasury, I think, and other people expressing concern over this Venezuelan-owned company that's running American elections. And CFIUS approved it. So we need to look at who was on the CFIUS board then, uh, you know, the heads of all the major agencies that approved this to begin with. One of the things Dominion gets people with is what I would call election insurance. You know, if you put in the Dominion system, you know, you're, you're going to win. Um, <laughs> Re-election's no problem at all. And that's what Hugo Chavez had it grigged for. There's been so many rejections of these suits in the courts. Because the corruption goes deep and wide. They have threatened people's lives. They have threatened people's children. We have the very unusual, quote, car wreck, end quote, that involved one of Kelly Leffler's uh, regional campaign workers in Atlanta just a few days around the time of our suit. Our judge in Atlanta gave us the preliminary injunction we wanted and 20 minutes later completely reversed it. There's actually work being done as we speak, uh, as I understand it, doing a kind of forensic analysis of some of these Michigan machines, like some 20 of them. I, I can't remember the exact details right now that, are you, that you may be aware of. Yes, that is not my lawsuit. It's an independent patriot that filed that lawsuit. He's done a great job with it. And there's apparently a judge there with uh, fortitude and integrity. It takes both. Um, I think they go hand in hand, but he has ordered the forensic examination of those machines, which is what should be happening on every Dominion machine in the country. Right now, every federal judge should have ordered them impounded and reviewed forensically. And frankly, it should happen in other states too, because our witness said that the DNA of the code is in all the other systems also. It's not just Dominion. Every voting machine in the country should be checked for its validity and its ability to do exactly what the Dominion machines have done here and to see whether it was done in this election. We have them destroying evidence right and left in Georgia, in Cobb County, Gwinnett County, Fulton County. It's, it's everything from shredding ballots to wiping machines and replacing servers. All these machines should have been impounded the day 
after the election and, and reviewed for forensic analysis. But I think the analysis that's going to come from Michigan is going to prove exactly what we have been saying was happening with these machines. They did a hand, a real hand count in one small county in Georgia and found a significant vote flip. I think it was about 0.26 a vote flip from uh, Trump to Biden in that one county where they actually did a real count. And Coffee County, Georgia, just refused to certify its results from the election because of what they found as obvious fraud. So at this point, um, what would it take to get you know, this broad uh, assessment or analysis of machines to, to actually happen? Well, given the level of foreign interference we can demonstrate and the, the country has evidence of in our filings of foreign interference in the election, it's more than sufficient to trigger the president's executive order from 2018 that gives him all kinds of power to do everything from seize assets to uh, freeze things, demand the impoundment of the machines. I think under the emergency powers, he could even appoint a special prosecutor to look into this, which is exactly what needs to happen. Every machine, every voting machine in the country should be impounded right now. There's frankly more than enough criminal probable cause to justify that for anybody who's willing to address the law and the facts purely on the basis of truth and not politics or corporate greed or global wealth. And there you go. That was that was Sydney Powell kind of laying it out um, over the course of the weekend. She didn't have the information from the Amtrim uh, Dominion voter uh, machine forensic evidence as of yet. But her speculative points in that interview basically confirmed all of the things that basically they've been accusing the Dominion voting machines of since the election. And I mean, she was talking about a 0.6% difference. It was way bigger than that when they did the forensic audit of the machines in, in Michigan. I mean, six people that voted or that were eligible, three people voted. And at the, end, the, the final tally was 663 people voted. That's fucking ridiculous. How many machines did they uh, audit in I, Michigan? I believe 22. And how many machines were used nationwide? Thousands. Good God. There you go. Well, the interesting part... There's your largest turnout. Well, she was history. saying that they have evidence Clinton did the same thing to Bernie, which makes sense because there were so many people for Bernie, and a lot of people were, like, indifferent about Hillary. Yeah, we talked about it a couple of shows ago. Remember I told you guys <laughs> I'm going to read an article right now, but I'm going to take out the year and the person they're talking about? Yeah, that's right. And you would you would think the, the fill-in-the-blanks for 2020 and Donald Trump, but it was, it was actually— Hillary and Bernie. Yep, it was, it was people saying that Bernie, Bernie Clinton should go after Hillary Clinton. Shame on him thing. for— Shame on him for not whistleblowing that. Well, I mean, he because they showed he, he got like four new homes in. Yeah, he's a millionaire now. Sydney Powell was like they showed him the evidence, Sydney and he was Powell. like, Sydney Powell showed Powell. 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 I, I hate Powell, by the way. I think oh. it takes away from Sydney Powell. It's a good ending to it. Yeah, but Bernie Sanders like that dude just took his check and rode off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I lost the election. I'm still rich, so maybe, maybe. Just maybe mm -hmm. he saw the bigger picture for for Democrats because if he brought it up, he knew they were doomed in 20, 2020. He also knew if he brought that up in Whistleblower, he was going to get the Hillary Clinton suicide two to the back of the head treatment for sure. Yeah. Hillary Clinton stole this election. Just like Ben Gonzi. Oh, God. 
it's terrible. Free health care for everybody. So I know I know we've we've teased it a couple of times and then had Sidney Powell start to elaborate on the executive order imposing certain sanctions in the event of foreign interference in the United States election, an executive order that was signed on September twelfth of twenty eighteen. Again, this is factual data that could lead our viewers or listeners to believe that Donald Trump does in fact have access to a time machine. I've made claims and wouldn't be surprised. But why? Why would you come up with an executive order like this that states, I, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, <laughs> find the abilities of persons located in whole or substantial part outside of the United States to interfere or undermine public confidence in the United States elections, including through the unauthorized uh, accessing of election and campaign infrastructure or the covert distribution of propaganda and disinformation that uh, constitutes an unusual and extraordinary threat to national security and foreign policy on the United States. Although there has been no evidence of a foreign power altering the outcome or vote tabulation in the United States election, foreign powers have historically sought to exploit a more America's free and open political system. Um, he goes on to hereby order per section 1A, no later than 45 days after the conclusion of the United States election, the Director of National Intelligence of the DNI um, in consolation with the heads of other appropriate executive departments and agencies shall conduct an assessment of any information indicating that a foreign government or any person acting as an agent of or on behalf of a foreign government has acted with the intent or purpose of interfering in the election. Um, it goes on to state that they're going to try to um, identify the methods, uh, the people involved, the foreign governments or governments that authorized it, directed, sponsored, or supported it. And he will give this report to the president no later than 45 days. Um, the Attorney General and the Secretary of Homeland Security, in consolation with the heads of other appropriating agencies and, as appropriate, state or local officials, shall deliver to the president, the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Tre Treasury, the Secretary of Defense, a report evaluating with respect to the United States election that is subject to the assessment as described in 1A. And it goes into the intent, countries involved, the facilitation, uh, how it was threatened or disclosed. Um, it goes on to say the report shall identify any material used um, and when appropriate uh, remedial actions to be taken by the United States government other than sanctions described as in two or three of this order. And those are the things that Sidney Powell, Sydney Powell outlined, um, which is initiating martial law, mobilizing the military, the DOD, the National Guard and law enforcement, the ability to seize and freeze aspects, uh, dissolve Congress, and even hold military tribunals. So New World Order. No, stopping the New World Order. Creating our own New World Order. Yeah, exactly. So that'd be epic. making America great and keeping it great. Well, I'd be down with the new world order if he was in charge of it. Here we go. The election was held on November 3rd. Again, we're none of us are at math experts. Raiden is our show's financial advisor, but he is currently sleeping. Um, yeah. The thing is, is that uh, 45 days from November 3rd is December 18th. So we're three days away from the president receiving that report from the uh, from the DNI. And uh, it's going to be huge. Yeah, it, it is going to be huge. And and I think that uh, there was some he was speculating the other day that um, it's been leaked. OK, yeah. DNI Ratcliffe's pending report 
it's going to blow the mind of every citizen in this country. And that stems from an article uh, from Pam Geller at the Geller Report. And, um, you know, it says, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase here, while appearing for an extensive interview with Epic Times, Sidney Powell, as we just covered, led into that. And uh, over the course of that interview, outlined some of the things that are available to the president through the 2018 executive order. Um, yeah, and then it teased that it's going to be an honest report, but it's going to blow the mind of every citizen in the country who's willing to look at the truth and facts. Who's willing to look at the truth and facts. Well, I mean, we're getting to a point right now to where you have to fucking look at the truth and facts. I, I just think But the that, left doesn't like the word, F word. Mm. They do not like the F word. Yeah, we, we have a... Whatchamacallit? Solar wind. Data breach. It happened over the course of the last couple of days. Uh-oh. You guys know anything about it? Enlighten us. That's linked to Google, right? It's linked to everything. Everything from Google to the office of the president. I think I did hear, but I, I heard about solar winds on a different podcast, a conspiracy podcast, but it wasn't in regards to a leak, recent leak. Yeah. And this, this was a leak that's been going on. It happened uh, months ago. It was spread into government servers disguised as a patch. And like I said, it, you're covering Google, NASA, uh, Department of Homeland Security. Holy crap. Dominion voting systems, all the way up to the office of the president and the White House. So that's where we're at um, in regards to you know, this story, which is kind of breaking and developing. Um, things that you're probably going to hear in regards to this is that, number one, it wasn't a huge deal, okay? And number two, uh, that it was definitely a foreign agent or entity working on behalf of a foreign government or entity mm. that was the, um, you know, proprietor of this breach. I'm going to go out on a limb early and say that those things are going to be false, whether or not it was something foreign-born, I believe they were acting on things closer to home. Yeah. And we're just going to be misinformation, if we're informationed at all in regards to this, uh, as the story continues to develop. The, um, the FBI and Texas Rangers and U.S. Marshals raided the SolarWinds headquarters in, in Austin, Texas, uh, yesterday. Um, Last, uh, the uh, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, issued a rare emergency directive, Directive 2101, in response to a known compromise involving solar winds. It was, the, it was only the fifth ever uh, emergency directive issued by this branch and under the authorities granted by Congress in the Cybersecurity Act of 2015. It reported that a breach of solar winds, Orion products, had occurred. And the directive called on federal civilian agencies to review their networks for indicators of compromise or disconnect the power down a system option on SolarWinds Orion products immediately. Um, Dominion Voting Systems uses SolarWinds. It's listed directly on their website in regards to their partnership. And uh, yeah, according to reports, the FBI, Texas Rangers, and U.S. Marshals are all at the SolarWinds headquarters in Austin, Texas, looking at their systems. Notes the executive uh, VP sold 57,000 shares or 1.2 million worth on 11 9 2020. 
The CEO, Kevin Thompson, had sold 700,000 shares valuing $15 million Holy 10 son. days after that. So, and that was a report, um, it was through the Gateway Pundit, uh, referring uh, breaking police reports, information from Dominion Softwares, and an interview that occurred last night on Sean Hannity. Um, it went on to say that a, humong a humongous cyber attack on Solar Winds is an IT and security company that's based in Austin. It's uh, Comprehensive products and services are used by more than 300,000 customers worldwide, including all branches of the U.S. military, Fortune 500 companies, government agencies, including the White House, and all major education institutions. You got to include Dominion Software in there. So Dominion sold off to China mm -hmm. right after the election, and then the company that put a backdoor patch in that allows Internet access to hackers... Which was um, which happened in March, but didn't really activate until the end of October. Sold off all their shares of their company in the beginning of November, right after the election this year. So I mean, I've been saying it over and over again: the dominoes are starting to fall. The cards and hands are, are, are continuing to be revealed. Are we going to run out of time? It's too early to tell. Still, I, I know the legacy media are going to continue to tell us that you know Trump is finished and uh, there's no coming back from this one, but. Uh, hopefully this will add, you know, some fuel to the fire that uh, that Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, in addition to Jenna Ellis and Rudy Giuliani and all the other patriots working on behalf of, of Donald Trump right now are doing in regards to showing what really happened during this election mm -hmm. and how bad things were compromised and just not taken care of and that it's, it's something that we need to address moving forward, even after we figure out who's going to be the next president, even though, even though I know who it's going to be. <clears throat> Man, that, that solar wind, wind. is crazy. Yeah. It's the shit you hear on TV. I mean, like when Sidney Powell referenced, it's like we're literally living in the Matrix, the movie. It's not even, a, it would be a HBO TV series, yeah. the amount of shit. Not one of the shitty on. ones. No, like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Quality. Yeah. Because you couldn't even fit all this into one movie. This is like Game of Thrones meets The Sopranos, though. Like literally. Probably the two best shows that that cable network's ever had meeting. Yeah, I've never watched Game of Thrones. I'm not into like fantasy shit, but um, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> no, I heard it's super good. You, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I've never watched Game of Thrones either, but I have watched Sopranos through and through probably at least a dozen times. It's great. Yeah, Game of Thrones was great, and then they just had a shitty ending. Well, the thing is, I I heard early when South Park did the Game of Wieners parody <laughs> that you were going to see a whole bunch of dicks and there were brothers and sisters fucking. Regardless of how good the story was, I'm I had no interest. Yeah. That's, that's it for me. The best so no part of me, Game dog. of Thrones, was I was going to the Baptist school back okay. then, and they were all like, oh, gays and lesbians, fuck this, fuck that, right? And they're like, you watch Game of Thrones, you like dick? And I was like... Hell like, yeah! Hell, hell yeah! Fuck it, brother! Yeah, send me some dick. I don't know. No, got, man. <laughs> just to make them angry, you know? Because that's what I like to do. Sopranos was a good one. I just, my wife and I just finished that a couple that's, weeks ago. That's great. That's great. I love that show growing up. That South was Park is still one of my all-time favorite shows yeah. ever. Oh, Mr. Garrison, don't put that gerbil up your asshole. Don't worry, we'll have audio. We'll have the. We'll at least yeah, have the we'll scissor have, clip for we'll next get week. Something. Um, Man, the tone of this show has been so serious. We haven't even brought up freaking like anybody like Alex Jones or or, or nothing. <clears throat> I feel kind of... It's just crazy. I mean, I think the vibe is different today because, like you said, the time... It, it's crunch it's time. Essence. We're running yeah. out. Yeah. So there'll be, there'll be plenty of time for us to... I, I'm, I'm hoping that we're really living. It's the meme that's it's over from... It's over, but not for me. Like, I, I yeah. hope it's that one. 
So, I mean, the only other things I got for this week's is William Barr tendered his, his letter of resignation yesterday. I mean, he met with Trump. Uh, his letter of resignation it was like two pages long. Wasn't yeah, it? it wasn't that long. I mean, him and Trump, are, I think, you know, I want to call it outside of work friends more than than anything. Their relationship has kind of been up and down lately. Why do you think he held some of the Biden, the Hunter Biden stuff? Well, until after the election, and he didn't. I mean, the real legal reason is is because after the 2016 election, like a lot of the Clintonites and Clintonistas bitched that Comey releasing the information that they did two weeks before the election in 2016 had an effect on. Yeah, had a compromising effect on Hillary Clinton. Then they released information about. There should be no holds barred on releasing if you have dirt on somebody. And it's legitimate dirt. That's the problem. It has to be legitimate because we know the left will start throwing stupid crap I, in there to slander people. But if you have legitimate evidence that this dude is involved in his son's games and it's all this collusion and just moral failure and all this stuff, it's if, like, dude, let the floodgates go open. back to last week's podcast where Sleepy Raiden talked about 40 chess. Yeah. I think um, the FBI does not want Trump to be reelected. No, neither does the CIA or any of those other intelligence yeah. agencies. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why the information has been held so much or like with the whole laptop thing, I still don't know the whole story. But And, and you got to remember, when people say, I know for a fact that people's families and livelihoods and spouses and children's are being threatened. And then she even referenced, we talked about it last week, Kelly... Kelly Loeffler staffer, who was Governor Kemp's daughter's boyfriend, a yeah. young guy with a promising future ahead of him, died in what the news called a car crash, but I said looked like a fucking drone strike. Oh, yeah, the explosion. Yeah. And, and the people that were, I mean, I saw the cars afterwards, and I said it looked like the the scene at the Baghdad airport from when Saul Maney got droned. But you the people, post this on our Instagram. Was, yeah, the people that were driving by live that had videos of it, the flames were ridiculous. Like, I couldn't imagine... I mean, it's were they? Yeah, was he driving a propane truck that, that that combined with a you know crashed with a with a <laughs> natural <laughs> gas truck? It was just, he was driving he, a hydrogen electric powered pole. car. You'd see yeah. the explosion from space. But I, but I, I mean, my whole thing with Bill Barr is he was kind of a hard ass. I, I kind of like what he brought to the table. I would say for a majority of the time that he served, we all have to remember that he was replacing Jeff Sessions, who was the absolutely shittiest attorney general of correct, all time correct. recused himself from the Russia collusion thing when he didn't have to and then basically allowed the government to waste a hundred million dollars in the Mueller probe and oversaw all of that uh, we just have to remember William Barr we got tough on terrorists we got tough on the cartels um, he outlined in his resignation letter that he cannot believe how much Donald Trump was able to get done over the last course of... I did read that, yeah. Yeah, saying that, Ooh. you know, someone who has been under so much shit from everyone else, you just went to work every day and kind of pretty much plowed through it and got your your narrative done and, you know, kept your promises to the American so, public. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, hard on terrorists. Hmm? Huh? Do you hard think... Hard on for terrorists? No. Oh. Hard on terrorists. Do you think that if Joe Biden, alleged president-elect, if he becomes the God. future president... That the cartels will be declared as terrorists. One of the reasons the Trump campaign never did this is because anyone that lives in those countries... It would legitimize asylum claims. It'll legitimize their asylum claims. Mm -hmm. Do you think, with how lenient they are on immigration, that the cartels get turned into terrorist organizations? 
and the state as we know it in the United States. That would be a legitimate more. 4D chess move on their part. I, I, the I, back door, the door to open. But what the crazy part for me, and I don't understand why, <clears throat> this is my whole thing on immigration. Make it more efficient and easier to become a U.S. citizen. It would incentivize people to do it the right way. You work, you do taxes, whatever. Why? For the love of God, are Democrats and people on the left so hung on letting the floodgates of this country open? It's not a, for a love of the people thing. There has to be some sort of thing that they got off to by doing that. It's almost like people on the right are so against it that they're going to be so for it. Well, and that's why it drives them to do that. Because it literally doesn't make sense financially if you're running a country as a business. It doesn't make sense for the safety of the country. It makes no sense for the judicial system as far as the courts in the immigration sector goes. It literally is a lose-lose situation. And people legitimately have asylum claims, then we should take them in. But when a whole country walks halfway across the continent... Which they're doing already as of... A couple of weeks, a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago, when the electorals were starting to go more and more, as we ran out of time to get... Well, Biden already said the amount of asylees we're going to accept is going to be retarded... It's going to be like seven well, times more. Well, during the more. Obama era, it was super high. Trump era, it came back down to what I would say is normal, but a little high anyways. It's going to skyrocket. Where the fuck are these people going to live in California? They're going to stay at your house. All right. And we don't have a good like some of those other states where we have real Pennsylvania, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, and things of those natures. And these people are going to become U.S. citizens after five years. Or however long it takes them, and then guess who they're gonna fucking vote for? Uh-huh. The people that let them in. Yep. To destroy the fucking country. We're we're, tr- we're trying to, we're trying to defeat that narrative. So though. here you go. Um, Obama had led in 110,000 refugees. President Trump lowered the cap on refugee admissions early in his presidency for fiscal year 2021, which is what we just kind of went through. He set the cap at 15,000, the lowest on record. Biden promises to take a starkly different approach from his predecessor to set the annual global refugee admission cap to 125,000 and to raise it continually over time. 125,000 per year. Yeah. It's a large voter base. God. <laughs> I guess that's the secret, huh? Can you yeah. start, you start talking about immigration reform and Raiden woke up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what gets him going in the morning? That's the reason that they want that, huh? At the end of the day, it's not a, for a love of the people. You're right. It's voting. So we were talking about how if Biden gets elected, do you think they're going to declare cartels as terrorist organizations to increase the amount of asylees that they can bring in from Mexico? Yeah, I brought this up once on, on the show. Sleep. And, I, and I thought that uh, <laughs> I kind of contradicted myself because I think it's kind of productive to the new Mexico-Canada-USA agreement. In regards to the Mexican military that's been working a lot harder on our behalf on the border to stem illegal immigration and, and then some of the immigration reform, the end of catch and release and auto returns and stuff like that over the last couple of years, things that we've agreed with Mexico. I think if we're going to, if Mexico is going to finally get tough on the cartels, which are basically the shadow government that runs their country, um, <laughs> anything that we would do there would probably continue to be on a more covert level. Sure. I personally think. Um, yeah, I got a quote for you guys. Okay. I have some corresponding video I could play afterwards, but I want you guys to guess who it was first. All right. How are you going to be, how are you going to keep it from us 
being able to be in a position where you can manipulate machines and manipulate records. I think we should pass a federal law mandating the same machines with paper trails can be mandatory for every federal election. That's a quote from 2007. Obama? Getting warm. Joe Biden? I think so. Hillary Clinton? Yeah, I think Obama said that. Obama? Let's, let's play the audio. Second piece you're talking about, which is what people usually mean by election reform, how are you going to keep it from us being able to be in a position where you can manipulate the machines, manipulate the records? The one way to do that is, I think we should pass a federal law mandating that the same machines with paper trails be mandatory for every federal election. That will be a multi-billion dollar bill for the states because the states will have to make a choice then. They will have to make a choice whether or not they have two machines. We can't mandate, as you know, state elections. We can't tell the state of Delaware or Ohio or Texas what machines and what method they use to vote in their state elections, but we can do it federally. So in a nutshell, I think we should be mandating, mandating that we have a paper ballot with a standardized machine, standardized uh, requirement. We should, Donald Trump should be showing, well, I don't know if he's going to have any more rallies. There's a chance he might have one more rally before the runoff election. When, when was that video? That was all the way back from 2007, then Senator Biden. He actually sounds not retarded. <laughs> oh, he's always been retarded. He just he, sounds less. He's, I mean, he's just more demented now. Yeah. He sounds like, he sounds like a normal politician. Yeah, he doesn't sound like a your grandpa you picked up from the nursing home to have Thanksgiving dinner at your house and he's running around. And his boxers tackling the cats or something weird. Yeah. The only other thing I really got for this week and moving forward in regards to all the other shit we covered was, and we've talked about it over the last few weeks, uh, Donald Trump restructured the uh, chain of command in regards to special forces. Mm -hmm. He's replaced several high-ranking officials. And now after he got rid of a whole bunch of those globalist pieces of shit, including Henry Kissinger at the Pentagon as uh, board members to advise... Uh, them, he's appointed some Trump loyalists over the past week, which include former Speaker Newt Gingrich, American patriot, uh, biggest got him on the Clinton so far with the impeachment back in the day. Um, these appointments are going to be, um, these appointments are to a panel which is advised, advises Pentagon leaders on policy issues and follows a similar purge and replacement of the Defense Business Board another top advisory group, which Donald Trump has been, um, you know, hiring or appointing. They call it loyalists, but, I mean, they're people that kind of align with him ideologically. Um, chief among the new board members' appointees is Newt Gingrich. He's a Trump ally, and some of the other appointees are Thomas Carter, Ed Edward Luddick, Scott O'Grady, Thomas Stewart, former Re Representative Randy Forbes, former Senator Robert Smith and Charles Glazer. O'Grady, a former Air Force F-16 pilot who was shot down over Bosnia in the 90s and survived uh, for nearly a week in hostile territory on his own, was nominated in Trump by uh, this past November to be Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Affairs. Um, but the Senate hasn't acted on that nomination, so he appointed him to this. Um, and CNN, God bless their souls, um, talked about O'Grady and said he shared baseless conspiracy theories on Twitter that called the president's loss to former Vice President Joe Biden a coup. So, fuck yeah for bringing people in like that. I mean, is he not reporting the real news? So, and it goes on to say that, you know, they're all retired Air Force uh, reserves, 
and former Navy pilot. You're getting, you're getting some pretty good patriots in there to first both serve the country as good citizens and in the military and bring a lot of um, the president's insight into the way those agencies should be uh, conducted to advisory boards at the Pentagon and the Department of Defense. So, I mean, that's good. I mean, those aren't really things that uh, you see someone who's who's out of work and what less than 30 days doing. So looks like he's kind of stocking the shelves for the winter. Hopefully. Yeah. Got some of those uh, beans that Donald Trump supported that everyone freaked out about. The Goya? Yeah, the Goya beans. I did too. I did did this week too. Yeah, we need some beans in a pinch because my wife hadn't made any and I went and got those and she said they actually weren't disgusting. Um, You saw what they did with Employee of the Month, right? Yeah, AOC. Yeah, AOC (laughs) was their Employee of the Month because their business, the revenues were way up after she went and uh, talked shit about them on the internet. Hilarious. Alrighty. So what do you guys think? We got a couple things to go before we get out of here. Um, You got to remember, and we've talked about it before, if you like guns, firearms, ammo, and firearms accessories, (laughs) there's only one guy on the West Coast, and that's Mike over at West Coast Survival Arms. He is a uh, licensed FFL. He can take care of your droves. He can advise you online, and he could be found on Facebook at West Coast Survival Arms. He can be found uh, via email at info at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. And he can be reached over the phone at 619-870-6992. Again, if you like or need or have any desire for firearms, firearms parts, ammo and accessories, Mike over at West Coast Survival Arms will be sure to take care of all of your firearms needs. Let's talk about before we get off today where you can find us. Instagram. Okay. Steak for breakfast podcast. One word, no dashes, no No dashes. We're not trending, so you're going to have to type it all into the search bar. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely look for us there. We got some fire memes. Our stories are always funny. Email us at gmail at steakforbreakfastpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I like that. You can find me on, uh, in addition to the Instagram page, I'm on Parlor at at Rone, R-O-N-E, Torres, 7-7. You can find Nick at Nick Pern. I'll say it for you this week. N-I-C-P-E-R-N. I'm up to, stand by. Dozens of followers. He's more of a, a physical representation of our show right now. I have 355. Oh, there you go. Oh, wait. No, that's how many I'm following. I have 110. <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited. That's more accurate. See, that, that's me talking, talking about our listenership. When I tell people I want to listen, I'll say, oh, yeah, we have like 10,000 downloads. And then when I, you know, it's just the four of us here. It's like, yeah, we have 10 downloads. So... Yeah, I got so wow, six of them. Right. Um, Download it from your computer, then your phone, <laughs> then your wife's phone, then your kid's tablet. And I think more importantly, and probably to help our ratings, where can you listen to us? There's several ways now. Yeah, so now iTunes, obviously. iTunes is a big one because everyone... This is the thing I do, and you should do this as well. If you're significant other or you're at a super spreader event and you see people on their phone, grab I their phone. super spreader events. You grab their phone and you go to their podcast app. And then you type in steak for breakfast and you give it five stars. Okay. That's not hard. Take people's phones. Take people's phones on the bus. Who cares? Go to their app, type it in, hmm. and like it. And whoever gave us one star, we're closing in. We're going to find you. And we're going to F you up. Also, uh, Spotify is another big one. 
Okay. We get a lot of listeners from Spotify. Um, and for all the serial killers out there who listen to podcasts on Pandora, huh. we're on Pandora for you. Steak for Breakfast podcast. Like it, share it. Um, rate and review. You don't have to leave a comment, I guess, if you don't want to, but if you can just give us a rating, it do helps not, a lot. Under any means, leave a fucking one star review. And yeah, if you do, it's permanent. That's for life. At least tell us why you did. Right. Exactly. And don't say because we're pieces of shit. Um, I guess that would actually be a fair review. Really? By calling us pieces of shit? Yeah, but if some liberal stumbles on this podcast, that's 100% what they're going to think. Hey, how do you rate on Spotify? Five star. Can you rate on Spotify? I don't even know how it works. Is it only on iTunes? I I listen to our show as soon as you upload it to to QC it and see if we missed any any audio uh, breaks that we may need. And then (laughs) it's on to the next week. Uh, Top Patriots of the week this week. Suzy Q, Patriot, and of course, Axia Queen in regards to people whose Instagram posts we share to our stories the most. I also want to thank uh, one of the most honest and fair journalists out there, Tom Pappert, at the National File for reporting the news that everyone else is afraid to ahead of time. Um, You know, it's people like that who have the balls to go on like Infowars and talk with Alex Jones about real things affecting the country that hit the mainstream narrative a couple days later. Uh, we need more. We need more real journalism like that in America. So, if you haven't gone over to the uh, the National File yet and saw some of their stuff, uh, you'll probably love it if you listen to this show. And um, I think that's all. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities. And in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.